leadership, team building, theology, and how to create winning habits. I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. And don't forget to stick around till the end of the episode for this week's Productivity Tip of the Week. Now today we're going to be focusing on a question that's been batted around and discussed for centuries. And the question is this, what is the essence of the Christian life? And this question has brought forth, brought forth numerous answers over the years. The liberal scholar of the 19th century might say that to love your neighbor is the essence of the Christian life. And we've heard that same answer in many different ways and in many different generations. Um, it really doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere and, and, and do good for other people. Now, a more conservative Christian scholar might say that the answer to this question of what is the essence of the Christian life, they might answer it by saying loving God is the most important thing. So on the liberal side of the scale, they might say that the essence of the Christian life is just um, the golden rule, do unto others as you'd have them to do unto you. Um, That's the essence of the Christian life, loving other people. And then on the more conservative side, we would might find the answer that loving God and putting God first is the essence of the Christian life. But you know, this, this question, a very similar question, was asked of Jesus himself. Uh, a religious teacher approached Jesus towards the end of his ministry and attempted to, to trip Jesus up. Often the religious leaders would come to Jesus and they would ask a, a question deliberately to, to try and confuse or to trick Jesus into giving an answer that could be used against him. And this time the religious teacher asked Jesus, Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus' answer was this, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the other commandments and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. And this is from Matthew 22, 37 to 40. Now this was an interesting question that was posed by the religious leader. The Jewish law is is incredibly complex and actually contains hundreds of laws. They are all considered to be very important. To elevate any one law above the other would leave Jesus open to charges of heresy. The answer that Jesus gave, however, was so brilliant that there was no way that anyone could argue with him. The first part of Jesus' answer talks about loving God with all of one's heart, soul, and mind. Now, true, there are many people in the world today that would say that they love God. It's hard to watch an award show where somebody doesn't get, get up and give God the credit and talk about how much they love God, no matter what they're producing or what their lifestyle might look like. 
So, so there's this this idea that that loving God really doesn't require anything of us. Um, so many people would say, "Yeah, yeah, I love God," but in reality, loving God, especially after what Jesus said here, with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, um, loving God implies a a vibrant relationship with Him. If someone truly loves God, they're going to try and order their life according to His will and His desires. Loving God with all of our heart, soul, and mind sounds pretty intense. This definitely sounds like more than a Christmas and Easter kind of a relationship. Jesus seems to be talking about a passionate kind of love. It even sounds like the emotional, passionate love that a, that a man and a woman might enjoy. A love that is that intense is going to require something of us. Just saying with our lips that we love God is not not really going to cut it. God, in fact, is really not interested in a Christmas and an Easter relationship. God's not really interested in us just saying, oh, yeah, yeah, I love God. God longs for people who will love Him with everything they have and with everything that they are and who will put Him first in their lives. So that was the first part of Jesus' answer to that question. The second part of Jesus' answer is equally important. He says that we should love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Can someone really claim to love God and yet hate their neighbor? And maybe hate's a strong word, Maybe it's just show indifference to our neighbor. It could be argued that one of the ways that we show our love for God is the way that we treat other people. This command actually fulfills many of the other aspects of the law. Think about it. If we love others, if we love our neighbor, if we love other people as we love ourselves, we will not murder We will not steal. We will not lie about them. We won't commit adultery, etc. On another occasion, a religious leader attempting to trip Jesus up asked him, who qualifies as our neighbor? Jesus then told the story that so many of us know, the story of the Good Samaritan. In this parable, a hated Samaritan, and, and, and Samaritans were were, I guess the best way to put it is they'd be considered half-breed Jews. And Jews prided themselves on their pure, their pure bloodlines. But the Samaritans uh, had had their um, bloodlines mixed with other peoples and with other nations because they had been exiled to other nations and then came back to, to Palestine. But they were, they were considered outcast by the Jews. They were hated. They were despised. And in this parable, when Jesus uh, gave this story about the Good Samaritan, um, a hated Samaritan is the hero. He comes to the rescue of a Jewish man who's been beaten and left for dead on the side of the road by robbers. Uh, Two religious Jews come by, a priest and then then a a scribe or an expert in the law. And both of them are walking down the road, and they see this this injured man laying there. And rather than stopping to help him, they just walk on by. 
But the, the despised, the hated Samaritan, is he's coming by. He sees this man laying on the side of the road, beaten and left for dead. And the Samaritan is the one who has compassion on him. And so he, he cares for the injured man. He even spends some of his own money to make sure that the injured man received care. And then Jesus ended this story as he answered the religious leader, by challenging that man to live like the Samaritan. In another place, Jesus talked about doing to others what we would have them do to us. This is, as we referred to a few minutes ago, as the golden rule. This is an important concept to consider when we talk about loving our neighbor. Just like it's easy to say, oh sure, I love God. It's also easy to say, Sure, I love my neighbor. I love everybody. But the kind of love that Jesus was referring to is the kind of love that takes action. It's the kind of love that acts. It's the kind of love that that actively looks for ways to serve and help others. In two simple commands, Jesus summed up the entire law. He told us what the essence of the Christian life really is. If we love God and if we love other people, we're going in the right direction. Sometimes we make it too complicated. Jesus simplified it for us. If we truly love God, we're going to try and find out how He wants us to live. And if we love other people, especially as we love ourselves, our world is going to be a much better place. Well, now it's your turn. I'd love to hear from you. What do you think? What do you think is the essence of the Christian life? Did I miss something? Do you think that there's something else that that might fit in here? I'd love to know know what you think. Just go to davidspell.com and leave your comment or your question in the comment section for today's post. And while you're at my website, make sure that you sign up to get my free newsletter. I publish three blog posts a week, and by subscribing, you'll also get my my free subscribers-only newsletter. Um, It's a monthly newsletter that I send out to to, to my subscribers um, the, the first part of each month. And by subscribing, you'll make sure that you don't miss it. Are you familiar with the work of Compassion International? This is a great way to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. You know, for $38 a month, you can change a child and a family's life. Now, the thing that I like so much about Compassion International, and I'll just tell you, my wife Annie and I have supported children Uh, through Compassion International, off and on for our entire married life. We currently support uh, two children a month. Uh, Both of these are are based in the northeast part of Brazil where it's very, very poor. But the thing that I love so much about Compassion International is it's a local church-based ministry. They work through local churches to have an impact on children and on family. I'll put a link for Compassion International in the show notes please consider partnering with them. 
I believe in the ministry. They're not paying me anything to say this. It's just a ministry. It's an organization that I believe in. I believe that they're helping change children's lives. I've also had the privilege of visiting one of their sites on a mission trip in Ecuador, and I just could not have been more impressed with the type of work they were doing in this very, very poor community. And now it's time for this week's Productivity Tip. Now, I want to ask you a question. Are you actively planning for your retirement? Now, for most people, retirement is so far away that it's easy to forget about or to just think, well, we can take care of it later. We can plan for it later. In reality, now is the time to start. Just 10 years ago, the average age of retirement in the U.S. was 55. Now, 10 years later, that age has been bumped up to 62, and it seems to be climbing every single year. The main reason for this increased retirement age seems to be the rising cost of living and a lack of retirement planning. You can't expect your company to take care of you. Uh, Most companies don't offer pensions anymore. Excuse me. Most companies provide a, a 401k or something that you can pay into, but you have to be the one to take charge of your retirement. So check out what does your company offer? What retirement benefits does your company give? If it's a 401k or something similar, are you making a significant contribution into it? Do you have your own IRA set up? Um, these are a great way to get a head start on your retirement planning. And of course, it's also a great idea to talk to a financial expert to help you as you start your planning. You can't start too soon. Think about your future. Begin planning for it now. Begin putting money aside. You will be glad you did. Well, now it's time to close. And as we do, I just ask ask for a small favor. Would you go to iTunes and give Leading and Learning a review? These reviews are so important, and they help us get our content to an audience of people just like you. Thanks so much for your love. Thanks so much for your support. And until next time, this is David Spell encouraging you to pursue your passion.